The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. I called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-885-4884. That's 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884. Welcome to the Invisible India Podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. So we wanted to share a bit about our trip to Udaipur. Udaipur is in Rajasthan, the state of Rajasthan in Mm -hmm, India. mm -hmm. Was rated the number one city, like the number one quality of life city in India. India. At one point, and also like recently, it was named like number three to visit in, in in Asia. So, and we didn't really take that much into consideration when we were going. We had a friend there, and it was also close by um, Pushkar, which we were visiting uh, around Christmas. Actually, we decided that we were just going to go there because it was close, and we knew someone, and we thought we'd check it out. And overall, our expectations were way way exceeded right yeah it It definitely surpassed our super expectation (laughs) it was amazing so we stayed in the old city which is basically a world different from stay where most tourists stay anyway but it's a world of difference between the rest of Udaipur and the old city it's kind of like where normal people live and then where all the old havelis are and places that have been turned into hotels and charming little coffee shops and restaurants and all that. But actually, all of Udaipur was quite nice. Pretty clean. Really clean, actually. Uh, and it, it, we, we kept saying over and over again, this is like what the rest of India could be like. You know, India is kind of its own thing. When we go to Thailand or other places in Asia, it's like, you know, it's like India can't really ever be like this just because infrastructure and the whole mentality is different but this felt like this is what the rest of india could become the cleanliness the way people respect and invite tourism and they've retained their culture in so many ways and they celebrate it but yet they also have other industries besides just tourism so that was really interesting to see how have they done that I don't know. Is it because of the the king, the Raja that still lives there? Basically, Udaipur was founded by what Maharaj Uday Singh back in who knows when, 1500s or something. Don't remember exactly the history. You can Google it. But basically, there have been 21 generations of monarchs that have 
served in Udaipur. And obviously, it, India is a democracy and has been for you know, a while. There's a current living king there who lives yeah. in the city palace. And he's the family's done a ton for the city, just establishing nonprofit organizations and donated part of their palace to become a city museum where people can go and, and learn about the history and the culture and see amazing stuff. It was really nice. We stayed in the old city at a place called Nukkurda Guest House, and that was really nice. A lot of the buildings are four or five story, and uh, most of them don't have elevators. They're quite old. Yeah. so They were actually only one or two stories, and then they added more stories so that they can turn them into hotels. Yeah, hotels. And, and so most of the places are rooftop restaurant and floor the ground floor is also a restaurant and then the top floor is a restaurant that's or a shop on the bottom floor and then the top is a restaurant so it's kind of irritating to you know what if you're a person like us where we take forever to find a restaurant because we have to go we have to see the menu we have to ask questions and then we decide if we're going to sit down (laughs) then it's gonna be a pain in the butt but we did find a couple of really really nice places that we would climb up four stories for no matter what. Like uh, Gilles, which is a, in all of the travel blogs and on um, all the apps and is highly rated. It's um, probably the best well-maintained place. Super well-maintained. Really nice. Great view. Super good food every single time. No problems. And that's all the way up on the fourth floor. That yeah. it was totally worth it. They also have downstairs seating though. Yeah. But it's smaller. It's basically for a couple, but mm-hmm. for with, with with family uh, or with a larger group of friends, uh, it may not work out to sit on the on the bottom. Yeah, it's hard to find a spot. There's also uh, nearby Chile. There are other places. There's one place called Bo-ho, Boho, something like Boho that. Something. That was okay. Yeah, that was pretty okay. Basically, all along the water there. So yeah. Udaipur is made up of a uh, this lake, and then there are several different hotels the main the Taj hotel in the middle of the lake and that's not accessible to tourists yeah well, that they, was a home for a lot of expensive hotels super beautiful though super expensive hotels like there are five that we could just see from where we were at that are really expensive they're some of the most expensive hotels in india or in the world then there are lots of guest houses and medium size or cheaper guest houses that range from to $60 a night. So there are lots of those. The feel is a little bit different. There are more choices in Udaipur than in Pushkar. They're very charming. Not as religious as as Pushkar is. It's much more just Udaipur is not as religious, yeah. It was the, the tourism and the views really is what you're getting. And the food choices... The fact that it's well organized too. You can walk across the yeah. bridge and go and check out. Everything's in you know one or two lines of roads. One thing that we realized though is because there's so many autos and scooters going up and down the roads, and it's quite condensed. Is that there was actually pretty bad pollution when you're walking up and down yeah, the street. So, so we masks. we brought broke out our masks, and we had one of our kids in the stroller which is the exhaust was going right in his face from all the autos. And so we realized if we're going to be going out of the house and walking on that road, we have to have yeah. a mask Pretty much him. in any old city in India, like may that be in Delhi, may that be in uh, Mumbai, you need masks because the buildings, are, the, the streets are so narrow that buildings will contain the pollution 
inside. We just happened to be in Udaipur over New Year's, which was awesome. I don't really think we had planned much. We just kind of showed up and we didn't know what the situation was going to be like. If it's a party city, if it was a really quiet, if it was going to be very dull, if it was going to be fantastic. We had no idea. So we had gone to a couple of restaurants the nights before and gotten a feel for the place and just looked around what flyers were. There were parties going on at different hostels or hotels and some places were charging a ridiculous cover and some places were charging a much less cover and some places weren't charging a cover. So you could kind of get a feel for the crowd that was going to be there. And we didn't know our kids are going to fall asleep at nine or at one. We had no idea. So we just played it by ear. It was kind of funny. We wanted to go to this one hostel, the Mustache Hostel, which looked totally happening and fun. They had a bar up there. They had a dance floor. But we went at, I don't know, like nine o'clock and there was nobody there. It was a little awkward. We're like, okay, well, we're not going to pay a cover to go stand around by ourselves when our kids are probably going to fall asleep anyway. So we went to this one restaurant. It was called Hari Gur, and it was across where we're from. We were staying across the other side of the lake. It was absolutely gorgeous. It had a garden inside the hotel. It was beautiful. We sat in a little flat table with cushions. And it was kind of funny, though, because right right along the um, where the table was, where, where we were sitting on the ground area, it was, there was pretty much no border against the lake. So I said to Abhishek, I wonder how many phones people lose here every week. And we asked, and the guy said, oh, you wouldn't believe how many phones. Probably twice a week people drop their phone in the water at this restaurant <laughs> because it was not well blocked. So after the Hari Ghar restaurant, they had a little dance floor set up. We danced for a couple of minutes, and then our kids started freaking out because it was about 10 p.m. So put them in the stroller and walked back to our hotel and put them in the bed. And then we went up on the rooftop to check it out of Nukor Guest House. And from there, you could see everything that was going on. There were fireworks. There were like discos going on on all the rooftops. And it was hopping. And so we felt like we had a good experience because we were hanging out and seeing the fireworks. And we had a great dinner that night. So it was worth it. It felt really nice. The other thing that was really cool about Nukur Guest House and about a lot of the guest houses is that many of them offered morning yoga or different kind of classes. Our guest house offered cooking classes too, which you had to pay for, but it was cute just to see how people kind of invited you into their family life and all the members of the family were participating and running the hotel or Nukur Guest House. The grandma runs a little a little shop that in a room that's about, I don't know, six feet by 10 feet <laughs> in the front of the guest house. And to the unobserving eye, you wouldn't even know it's part of the hotel, but she sits there every morning and she runs that. That's her job. Her son and daughter-in-law run the thing and, and the grandson and grandson's wife and, and her granddaughter, they all live there together in a typical joint family situation and they all have their part. The granddaughter, so I guess like the daughter of the main guy that's running, she did yoga classes every morning. I convinced our four-year-old to go up with me and do yoga since he's a real active type of kid. So we went and we did that and that was really nice just to be up there over the lake, to be able to hear the birds chirp and watch the sunrise and over the lake and enjoy some traditional 
simple yoga. You know, this isn't your Lululemon yoga pants type of yoga. This this is the gentle stretching, breathing that more traditional, widespread, popular yoga in India is. You know, it's not people doing these really difficult poses. This is the stretching your neck and stretching your fingers and gently stretching your back and your legs and your and your toes even just um, relaxing your mind being kind to your to your body so that's really what was a very charming aspect that i i really enjoyed other than that in udaipur we got out and saw a few things we <laughs> abhishek really wanted to have thali you know rajasthani thali and so we went all the way across town to padam thali which is the best thali place in the city. It was only like 200 rupees, I think. I mean, it was brilliant how they had capitalized on home hospitality as far as their marketing strategy or as far as their the, the feel that you get when you go in. So you sit there and they, they have a huge thali, you know, this plate with oh, like 10 different little katoris, little cups with the, the, the veggies and dal and all that inside. They really just were like, oh, take more, take more, you know, roti, bus, and they were really trying to urge you to eat more, which didn't feel like a restaurant at all. It felt really sweet. And the quality of the food was quite good. The, you know, everything was fresh and delicious. So we enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it was definitely worth getting out of the tourist area just to go have thali. We tried to get Korean food. Most of that was in the touristy part. We couldn't find that really. It wasn't like the heavy tourist season as much. So a lot of the Korean food was unavailable, uh, which was super disappointing <laughs> because I was looking forward to that. We loved Udaipur. I think that we'll definitely be back. One of the things I think makes it successful is just that there was a sense of pride of what it meant to living in Udaipur. And every morning when we were doing yoga on the roof, I noticed there was a song that was being played from the loudspeakers. I don't know if it was a rickshaw that was driving around or an auto or something. I don't know. It was basically saying our dream is to have a clean Udaipur, you know, which they were saying something like, it's our dream to have a clean Udaipur and it's our dream to uphold the reputation of our, of our great city and something like that. So it was really nice. And I was just thinking about, again, how can the rest of India adopt some of these things? And I think it's possible. That's the thing that was so encouraging and, and cool about visiting Udaipur is that it, comparing to development of other countries nearby, it's like, man, they could, this could never happen in India or even in the West. It's like some of the things are so far-fetched. Like this would never, you can never implement this in India. But a lot of the things that they've done, you can. You, I think that this can be implemented in other parts of India. The cleanliness, the organization, the way that they respect the, the culture. And the other really cool thing that we loved was there was this show that they put on at Bagorki Haveli. And it was a cultural dance and song show. And I think so many people have seen it. I mean, everyone that I've talk to that's been there. It's like, oh yeah, we saw that and it was amazing. And they have some Rajasthani dance and song. And of course, the highlight of the show is this 72-year-old woman who balances all of these gamlas, which are these, you know, water-fetching pots on her head and, and does this 
dancing in really graceful and incredible way that she does it. She's like stepping on pieces of glass at one point and she's puts her feet in a plate and starts to walk around on a plate and she climbs the stairs and she's going with these. And, and at one point, I think she had 11 pots on her. I mean, it, it's stunning to see. And that I think I'm sure everyone freaks out about when you when you go and watch the show. I mean, my mouth was actually hanging open when I was watching her. I was that shocked and astounded at how cool it was. And so this felt a bit different from the Banjada type of folks who are out in the desert playing the music and what it was the same thing but it felt like this was a more dignified I guess it was a more organized and commercialized form of representing the arts but I think probably because these people are paid well I guess that might be the only difference we were really there just to observe and appreciate and they did have some like Rajasthani puppets and things for sale. But I don't know, this was something that's is a dying art and nobody does this kind of stuff anymore. They had the Ghumar, Ghumar dance, which has become really popular now from the movie Padmavat, which came out last year in 2017, two years ago now, it's 2019. Other than that, a lot of this stuff people don't know about and nobody's going into these fields anymore of learning how to do these dances. So... It was beautiful. It was really beautiful to see and to enjoy this. Udaipur was super, super high on my, it's it's high up on my recommendation list for visiting places. Whether you're in India, whether you're coming to India from somewhere else, there's so much to see. There's boat rides, there's delicious cafes, there's cultural programs, there's stuff to buy, there's, it's easy to get to, there's an airport there. I mean, it's just fantastic. So, high up on our recommendation list. We'll definitely be back. And I hope that you all can visit there too. Leave comments if there's anything that we missed. If you've stayed there and you have other recommendations that you want to add on to our list, if you disagree with anything that we said, feel free to leave your comments. 